Welcome to Immersive Talks. This is Palmer Foote from Bigfoot Music and Sound hosting episodes with Jump Into the Light around the connection between immersive technologies and the human condition. I want to give a few shout outs. Firstly, to Jump Into the Light, a virtual reality arcade and studio where anyone can experience immersive gaming, art, and the latest technology. You can find out more at jumpintothelight.nyc. Co-founder of Jump Into the Light, Mihao, works to produce this podcast and finds incredible guests to be interviewed. I'm a commercial and freelance music producer, as well as a resident artist here at Jump. After several episodes of hosting this podcast, I realized the world of immersive media is becoming more inclusive than ever. Masters of arts, sciences, community, and passion make their way into Jump Studio to have conversations with me about immersive media projects and how they apply to the human experience. This episode, I get to chat with the multi-talented artist that goes by the name of Mike Larry Draw. I first saw Mike perform late at a jam session in Brooklyn, where he was rhyming off the top of his head for over a half an hour with brilliant finesse. About a year later, I saw him at Jump's green screen doing some film work and was lucky to schedule in an interview. We talk about his background and how he works between different media within a multitude of creative industries. Mike has such charisma and devotion for his forward-thinking work, so please Google his name and follow him on Instagram, Bandcamp, Spotify, and YouTube, and enjoy all he has to offer. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Mike Larry Draw, welcome to Immersive Talks. She said yes. <laughs> she said yes. <laughs> right outside, there was a, uh, in the VR gallery here, there was a, a proposal that just went down, and she said Yes. She said yes. Well, it's a total pleasure to have you on because I the first time that you, you probably I don't know if you even remember me, but we were at um we were at Artichoke Pizza in Brooklyn. Right. And Zavin was doing his uh, one of our friends was doing his late night jam session from eleven PM to three AM one night. And I just came in with a shaker and you know, I was just kind of jamming with him for a bit. And then there were a couple of people on the mic, and then you came on the mic and literally blew my mind with your Thanks. freestyling. Thanks, I mean, I have never enjoyed freestyle as much as that. I mean, it was literally, it felt like you were going on for half an hour, 45 minutes of just straight freestyling. And, and it was bars, 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 bars. Right. And I mean, it's such a pleasure to have you on. And Thanks. and I, um, I come from that music background, so it's always really fun to have musicians on. Thanks for stopping by, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. So, um, for those of you who don't know who who you are and what you do, could you give a little bit of background on uh, on on where you're from and, and your come up? Yeah, uh, Mike Larry Draw from the Bronx. I'm known as a polymath, so it's a multifaceted individual. So my background is music, uh, video production. I've been in production for 11 years professionally. Uh, design. Uh, I used to be a graphic designer professionally. I uh, was an illustrator at one point. Um, wow! Acting, uh, all around artist. I'm just an artist. I'm walking, living, breathing artist, uh, in the sense of what it means. Um, wow! How I got started, I guess. Uh, yeah. What was man. the first medium that really caught your attention and and caught your create creativity? Illustration. I remember my mom used to uh, have a the newspaper, and we used to trace over the art. And then it went from tracing to actually trying to draw it. And I remember one, the first, I think the first art piece I ever tried, I was so frustrated because I couldn't get one line right. Mm. And my mom's like, it's okay. 
And I'm like, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I didn't say that, but yeah. I mean, as an adult, that's what I was. That, that yeah, was the that's thought what you were saying. I was just super frustrated, but that that's that was uh that's my earliest um memory of of art, and then music was always came naturally. Um, growing up, uh, I grew up in a church, so mm. um, I was in choirs, doing gospel, um, singing, singing. At school, we did like uh. What is what do you school sing along things? School choir, at, oh, yeah, school. <laughs> yeah. It's not even choir. Like, it was like chorus, or the, the chorus, chorus. Yeah, chorus. Right. That's what it was exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I had to uh, I had to audition for chorus, mm-hmm. and I remember having to sing this song. I don't remember what song it was. I think we got to pick the song, mm-hmm. and I think it was uh, Black Street, No Diggity. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I think I said that, <laughs> and uh, I wasn't even nervous. It was just like, let's do it. Yeah, I do it anyway at home. And then uh, the next day, the lady was like, "You're in. You're in. The, you're in the chorus." <laughs> After the like, <laughs> damn right, oh, singing the singing the no diggity, singing no diggity. Damn. Wow. Oh, so that's that's great. I didn't even realize that you were. I, I've seen you here before shooting uh, on the green screen. Um, right. You know, ma- manning the camera. Right. Um, and so I didn't realize that you had all these sort of diverse kinds of of backgrounds. I've really sort of stuck with your music front because that's the the way I kind of uh, knew you from the get go. Right. So as time went on, were you able to kind of use these different mediums with one another to inspire one another and yeah and they learn all, from one one hand washes the other with each one so like it started with uh once it became a professional level right well let's start let's start uh junior high school uh junior high school i was already rapping i was actually rapping with Corey guns mm-hmm. uh who is i think still maybe signed to young money um, he was a classmate of mine, so he was a sparring partner that we used to always rap all the time from the Bronx. Oh, cool. Um, once I got out of junior high school, well, before I got out of junior high school, I was doing art too. So it was all illustration. It was just illustration, contemporary art pieces, like drawing flowers over and over again and making it like contemporary. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite was like eyeballs. Yeah. So it would be eyeballs and then like the tendons or whatever, uh, Nerves yeah. behind it, and they used to always just be like all tangled and connected. So I was doing that. Then I went to, uh, I had to audition for the high school of art and design, and uh, I got in. I was actually the only nice. person in my school to to get in at wow. that time in my in my class. Um, so then once I got to art and design, I was doing illustration and music. But I was a cocky son of a bitch. And 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 art and design first year. I was like, I was cause in junior high school with Corey and a few other friends of mine, yeah. uh, my boy OT, who's my bro, who rapped too. Um, we always used to battle all the time. So that's like I came up in that whole battle realm of like the dopest bars, the most like the finessed flow. Yeah. Like all of that. So when I went to was high school. Was it all off the top or was it all? Was it was it... off the top. It was written. Okay, mostly cool. off the top. Cause once we ran out of the written, it was like, all right, what you gonna do? We still gotta keep going. Yeah. So you had to get nice and freestyling. Yeah. Um, so once I got the high school art and design, like I was look I was still hungry for that. I was still looking for that. Mm. So first year, I kind of I, I did my best to play possum, like act like I was whack. Until somebody says something stupid, then I'm like, oh, yeah, you want to battle? Mm. And then, you know what I mean, kind of like try to show out. But uh, that in was this, on, in the School of Art and Design where the there are a lot of Art people uh, who, were, who were into hip-hop and rapping. Yeah, there was a lot of musicians there as well. Um, it was the start of a lot of people's, I guess you can say, music career or, or 
interest in music. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the people I went after were like the juniors and the seniors because I was at that particular level at the time um, because of my training, right? My Dragon Ball Z training yeah. <laughs> in the hyperbolic time chamber. <laughs> the hyperbolic junior junior high trainer. <laughs> junior high <laughs> training wheels. Um, yeah. So I, I would do that. Um, once I got solidified with the music, then it was like, all right, so you're a rapper from the school, whatever. Like, what else can you do? Then it was like, all right, time to really put my illustrations together. There was this kid named Dimitri who was from Russia. I don't know when he got here, but he was my best friend. Like, mm. he was a graffiti writer. So he was writing in the streets. And then we both clicked because we had the same type of humor. So we, we joined forces and started doing comic books. Oh, cool. Um, we had this one comic book called The Sticks, which is basically developed-looking stick figures. They had bodies, but they, you know, all stick figures, whatever. And we just created these, like, art stories. Um, we made one... We made one... Uh, we published one... Well, not officially published one, but we, we created one comic book. And then it didn't go any further than that because of school or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different interests. Um, then I went from illustration to traditional uh, animation. So I had this uh, artist, well, artist, teacher named Mr. Flaherty, who's still in the school to this day, I think, mm. if I'm not mistaken, who taught animation and um, life drawing. So I had that class. And I was so into that. Were you using computers to, to make No computers. Stuff? Nah, no computers. not yet. Not yet. It was all just wow, like by hand. hand hand drawings. We learned how to draw with cells, cell drawings. Yeah. Um, but we had to paint on the cells to create the animations. We did um, uh, squat and stretch, which is an uh, animation term for someone to like squat down and then jump, like a jump. Uh-huh. Um, I learned that. I learned various things. Then I learned, once I got out of his class, I had another class with another animator who name I will not mention. Because <laughs> I don't want to disrespect him. But his class was fucking boring, bro. Yeah. So I didn't um I didn't continue with animation anymore. I actually like started cutting that class to go to film. Cause I was like, I need to like get these stories out faster. Okay. So, you know, I'm from a background of improvisation, so improv. So of course you pick up a camera and just improv like yep. uh, a sketch. Then I started getting compared to to um to Dave Chappelle at the time. Like, Yo, oh, okay. your sketches is like Dave Chappelle, bro. She's crazy <laughs> as me and a group of other kids. So it went from me cutting classes of animation to just doing film on my own. And I would cut to the film class. And then I just talked to the film teacher. I was like, listen, man, like I'm always in here. I'm doing film. Why don't we just transfer me out from animation to film? And he was just like, uh, let's see what we could do. Mm. That he did it, he made it happen for me. Cool. So then that's when my music, even though I was rapping, I was doing more film at the time. Mm-hmm. But they started going hand in hand a little bit, my ideas for film, doing my music, and then I would like convey it. So there's this sort of connecting piece of storytelling. Right. Right. And so, you know, it seems like there's, whether it's drawing, you know, a comic book and telling a story that way or, um, you know, your your music or or then freestyling with the films and these sketches and things like that. Right. What in your mind is that drive to tell stories? Like, where does that come from? Uh, can you Can you explain a little bit more about your knack for storytelling? I think it's a feeling more than anything. Like… It's a feeling that I get when um, I think of a story or I feel like that would be the story I would want to hear about. So, um, 
let me think of one that I created. When I was in college, I created this story uh, about a kid who was from the streets, um, who was selling drugs or whatever, and then he got caught up by somebody who was also selling drugs on the same block who got him murdered. And like the way I seen, the way I visualized it made me feel a certain way um, I would feel when I would see something from someone else, like a Quentin Tarantino or like a, mm. I don't know, whatever movie freaking Wesley Snipes was in at one point. You know what I mean? Like New Jack City or something. Like that that grimy gutter, uh, grime feeling. So I would take that that visual and then exactly the way I seen it, I would actually put it to the the, the film. And then I would convey it to everyone else through the music and all that stuff. If the visuals didn't paint the picture itself, the music would definitely put it to play. So you'd have these kinds of stories that you come up with your mind first, and then these different media would, you would sort of push them through the different media? Right. Or was there a sort of relationship between, okay, I'm pushing it through the media and now the story's kind of changing or doing, would you have that experience as well? Yeah. Um, Sometimes the story that you want to tell is not the story you're allowed to tell. So, for example, considering most of the things that I've been doing has been like indie, low budget, Mm -hmm. you would have a specific story and you would learn that due to budgeting, you can't do that or you're not able to do it at that time because you're not you're not able to pay someone. So they're not coming. So you got to switch the story up. So, yeah, in a sense, it'll be like you're pushing it through the medium and things change uh, because of whatever may have you. So you've been working 10 years in, in um, 11, 10, uh, 10 or 11 years in film. In television. Television. In, in and so is your experience, you know, you're talking about these indie indie projects and things like that. Have Do you have experience on the commercial side of things where, where it's not indie at all? Like the budgets are nice and fat and you well, can do yeah. kind of… Um, the 10, 11 plus years have been uh, commercial or gotcha. television friendly. So… The start was originally, um, my big start was J.C. Penny. Oh, I was a production assistant, and I worked on set, mm-hmm. learning that way. After that, I went to reality TV. My first reality television show was Bank of Mom and Dad, which was on, I think, the Learning Channel at one point. They, mm-hmm. they only did one season, and it flopped, I think. Um, after that, I went from reality TV to working with Tyra Banks. Mm-hmm. So from Tyra Banks, I went to uh, Millionaire Matchmaker. Um, then from Millionaire Matchmaker, I went to Million Dollar Listing. And then from Million Dollar Listing, I did one season of uh, Top Chef, mm-hmm. where I got, uh, or I should have a film credit where I'm actually a camera operator. Mm-hmm. Um, then from there, I just like I it just grew. It yeah. grew. Then I went from dipping and dabbing into like reality TV. To going into like commercials, tabletop stuff where I've done so many of those, I don't even know if like it doesn't need credits yeah. wouldn't even matter, honestly. Right, right. Um so yeah, so you've worked in the in that in that whole world. So there's there's coming from that, now it's so you're going kind of into the indie world from that, or are you doing both at the same time? Well, indie music, mm-hmm. like major for film and stuff. Only indie thing I've really done where it comes to film would actually be my own music videos or someone else's music videos. Gotcha. Um, I haven't created... Well, I wrote a film and my my computer crashed. 
Mm. And I never touched. I never touched Final Draft again. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck that! Yeah. <laughs> I don't got the energy for it." So, you've been spending a lot of time. Um, it just seems like you're all over the place. You know, you're you're in the subway. You're in you're you know doing these cool performances in the in the subway, but right. you're also doing these cool performances in spaces like Jump into the Light, where right. you have you know uh, immersive. Shout out you to know, Jump into the Light. Yeah, shout out studios. to Jump into the Light. Could you talk a little bit about your show here at at Jump? Yeah, um, it was interesting. I uh, actually was introduced by someone by the name of Bless. Mm -hmm. who introduced me to the Jump Into The Light group. Um, and I came in here looking for a space that could bring a different experience to my listeners and viewers alike mm -hmm. um, that most artists either would think about or wouldn't try or try and wouldn't do it properly. Um, I'm, I'm big on experiences. Like, it's not just about the music, you know? So all about your senses, everything, touch, taste, scent, sight, whatever. Um, so I came in here and asked if they would be interested in doing a um, a show where I'm releasing my album. Yeah. And everybody was like, cool. And I was like, great. <laughs> so within that, I was like, all right, cool. So now that I have the space yeah. that represents what I like to do most, I need the promotion for it. So I, I joined forces with a lot of friends that I know of, like, uh, Davida D from Wildin' Out, mm -hmm. um, my boy Gene Shinozaki, who's, like, fucking super starring it up right now. Um, all around the world, he's on tour. Nice. Uh, Faison Gray, um, Babs from Making a Band. Nice. Like, Damn. so many different people was just, like, down to just be a part of it. So did the promo pieces, put them out. Um, you know, people was loving it, liked it. If, even if they didn't come, they were like still tuned in. Right, right. Because they've never really So that's kind of part of the experience, right? The, right? The creating those pieces of content that people can actually engage with, whether or not they're in the actual show or in the space. Right. That's interesting. You know, it's not something that you normally think about, you know? That right. sort of wholesome… That wholesome experience probably it proliferates out, not just that hour and a half that you're just focused on you or or, right. or whatnot. But I, I, f I find it to be a gift and a curse because I, it's very important for people to be a part of an experience. Mm -hmm. So like, the experience was the engagement. The promo was the engagement. Yep. It was like the hot girl with the fatty, you know, mm -hmm. and you want to meet her. You mm -hmm. got to go to see her. Right. You know what I mean? And then if you weren't there. There's the teaser of everybody that got to get the kiss from her, and you weren't there. Mm -hmm. So it's like I said, it's highly important for people to come because in, in in this day and age, there's so many so many people that are engaged into their phones, which yeah. is great. Yeah, um, because it helps them get to the. The, the second part, which is the physical part, getting somewhere. But the getting somewhere is important because there's so much you can learn from a place. So many different people you can meet that you may have needed to meet at that place that could have took you or catapulted you to the next point in life. Right. Whether it's your career, whether it's your, the the one you were supposed to be with at the time of love or… Yeah. You know, someone who's supposed to murder you the next day. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Get it. laughs> um, I mean, destiny is destiny is destiny. I right. Guess, right. Right. Don't miss it though. Yeah. No, it it is because it, it is 
I totally relate to that blessing and the curse because a lot of people won't go out because of like, you know, oh, I could I could see it. You know, I could see, right. you know, I could see this event. I could see this show. I could see this performance, whether it's, you know, uh, something at Irving Plaza or something at MSG or, right. you know, something like that. And, and it, it, I want to ask a few different questions, but I also, I also do want to ask your opinion of like, um, you know, VR and AR technologies and this more immersive technologies where people are using equipment that isn't necessarily, you know, flesh and, and bone. It's more like, you know, metal and copper and plastic to, to have experiences. Mm. Um, and you know, from your experience dealing with all these different media that you were describing before, do you find that it's a sort of a natural progression or do you find that there's some real differences that are going to make uh, a difference in the way people communicate story stories? I think that virtual reality is a blessing more than a curse in a sense. Um, technically, we are already in virtual reality right now. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, the Matrix. But um, I, f- I find it to be a gift because there's so many different things you can do with uh, virtual reality. Um you know, like from holding a controller in your hand, playing PS2, P- Xbox, I'm an Xbox fan, Xbox, mm-hmm. um, to actually being a part of it, being engaged in it, I think is highly important. Because like, yeah, we're sitting there, we're playing, we're only using our eyes, we're using our brain, but not to like physically do it now, yeah. it brings a whole different meaning to like benefits to your body. Mm-hmm. Um Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. actually physically moving is important as well because now instead of people going, you need to get off that fucking seat and go outside, it's more like, yeah, you're exercising. Right. You know what I mean? Right. You're, you're getting there exercising. Running. Yeah. You you may be even uh, creating some more brain cells in your brain that you really need that you probably wouldn't have gotten if you were just sitting down. Yeah. Um, that human element of movement, um, you know, it comes back to the other question that I wanted to ask you about community. <clears throat> And the idea that, you know, people people look at an artist like, um, you know, who, who's just kind of m- making stuff on their own, in their own apartment or in their own bedroom. And, and they kind of, they work their way up and, and get big maybe. Uh, or if, even if you take somebody like Avicii, who's, who's kind of making stuff on his computer, and then he sort of gets thrown on the stage in front of thousands and thousands of people. And, and really, it takes a toll on it. It's very shocking. Yeah. It feels very different than the communities that, I've seen you a part of and that I've been a part of around here, which are more like, um, you know, part of like this treble FM type of vibe where, where there's a lot of community around New York city. There's just, I mean, it's an infinite type of community. You go into the subway and you, and you get communities of people who are performing and, and, and enjoying experiences live together. Um, for you, what is, the importance of community? It seems like it's a, it seems like it's a kernel of your, of your sort of life experience? It has been. It has been. Community has shaped me to be who I am today. Um, I have been in a bubble for a while as as well in my life at, at some point. And I realized that those were the most depressing, dire days. Because even though I was dwelling within myself to find out who I was, there was a lot of things missing that actually borderline suicidal, you know, because... I'm in my own thoughts at all points in time, which is very um, dangerous. So community, uh, to have your own tribe, to have your own uh, people of likeness is highly important to push you to the next level. Like hip hop was community. Right. You know what I mean? It wasn't just 
one person doing it. It took a whole village. It took a whole borough. Shout out to the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, to create that. You know what I mean? There was one person doing one thing and someone fed off of that and created something better than that. You know what I mean? Um, it You know, once it spread out from the Bronx into the other boroughs, it took all of New York City to create hip-hop to what it was today. And not even that. When it spread it out from the States and other states got it, other cities got it, they created their own hip-hop. Yeah. Now the world has it, you know? Yep. So I think, yeah, like I said, um, I got pushed from, I, I came from uh, Bronx Still Projects, which is in the Bronx. Now it's called Sonia Sotomayor. Um, but because of my tribe, the people I grew up with, they shaped me to be the best artist I could be. Um, and with that, with my own personality as well, I was able to teach and create and show the world what, where I came from mm -hmm. um, and push the culture in a specific way where other people can take that and take it even further, you know? So, yes, uh, it's very important to have your tribe. It's very important to have your community. What was your experience of the community that evening that you had uh, your show here at Jump? Did you get that? Did you get a sense of community there that um, that was sort of consistent or maybe a little bit different than you would normally get at a, uh, at a hip-hop event? Um, well, there's different elements to that question. So, it, uh, it was different because it was in a different environment. Mm -hmm. um, we definitely bought a specific energy uh, that I always like to bring uh, from, different from other um, maybe pop-up music, music uh, vibes, you know, different from Treble, which is my fam. That's my, my sister fam. So I wanted to make sure what I brought to the table was different mm -hmm. um, in a sense of environment. Um, the people that came were also uh, not too... Well, they were definitely open to what what was bought, I think. But their the environment for them was different, so they 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 uh, acted accordingly to what they felt and seen. So it was great. It was it, so yes, it was different. Yeah. It was, but it was in a, in a great matter, you know. Um, if, if that answers your question. Yeah, it seems like what I'm trying. I think what I'm thinking of in my mind is that community in my head right now seems like this sort of like this uh, sort of liquid that can kind of move and it can get separate from one another. But in general, if you have one water mo molecule next to right. another, they're going to kind of like come, come together, come, right? Come together, right? And so in a space like Jump, you know, that community is going to come in and it might not all fall in a way that you're expecting. But it still does, they still come in and they still enjoy. It. And at the end of the day, they're still the same. They're still human. They're still, they're, they're leaving right. the same, they're, they're leaving the same, right? But I feel like some of the events that I've been to here, it, they are just so unbelievably diverse in my, both mind, body, spirit. Right. And and then you leave with this sort of sense of of connection. That's been my experience. Right. And I'm curious for you, like that night that I, I was first, um, you know, hearing you, hearing you spit over at Artichoke, you know, we were up in the front and everybody was there like getting their slice of pizza right. and then they started hearing you rap and they were like, wow, damn. And then people like kind of getting into it. They're leaving, they're coming, they're leaving. But, you know, so there was that sort of sense of community that right. everybody was there and everybody was like, wow, like this is really interesting right. and cool. They Unexpected, right. you know? And, and in a place like Jump, it seems like there is still that, that element of unexpectedness. I would say considering the fact that 
what I debuted was an instrumental album mm-hmm. and people are always used to me rapping and they've yeah. never seen me in that element, they weren't really sure what to expect. Um, and that's why Jump was very important to, to, to do it at Jump because it was like a place they've never been in, an yep. environment they've never seen before. And now you get this different Mike Larry draw. You knew gotcha. I made beats, but you've never really seen me push it to that envelope. I rapped a little bit, but it wasn't really about the rap at the time. So you're right. Yeah. Com- community is, comes back to it. It's important, man. And then that, that molecule reference was really interesting and, and important too. Um, kudos to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like, it's, it's been such a pleasure just sort of seeing you from afar. And, and after, have, after having met you, like literally, uh, you know, met you, sort of met you that night and was like, who's that guy? You know, right. how can I, you still rapping after like 45 minutes? I was like, I have to go. Like I can't <laughs> stay here anymore, you know? And, and then after that, I sort of been following you from afar and sort of right. seeing you in these different, in the different places and, and, and spaces. And it just seems like you get this diversity that most of the rappers, most of the artists in general, not rappers, but artists don't get, they're not putting themselves in positions where they're uncomfortable enough. Right. And so it seems like you, <laughs> instead of going up, you know, doing what everyone was expecting, you were putting yourself in this more, um, not necessarily uncomfortable, just different type of position, you know? And I think that's a big key to immersive tech because a lot of people aren't used to it. A lot of people aren't putting their, you know, foot, for, you know, they're not they're not really putting the foot in the door at all. Right, right. They have to actually get there. They have to actually get the space. And so for somebody like you who has a, a huge diversity of fans, to bring them to a space like this kind of bridges the gap right. a little bit, you know? It does, it does. Speaking of uh tech secret, I'm working on well, I'm I'm working on developing a game. Mm-hmm. Can't say what type of game it is, but <laughs> I will say it will be tor- tournament based. Mm. So um, if all else goes well, it can be something that may be at Evo. Really? In the future. Well, that that's just me putting that in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, believe yeah. it can. The thing that I want to do, I believe that it can be that big. Um, right now, I, actually, I was I was talking to Mihal about it. Um, right now, I'm in the writing process of it. Okay. Like I'm I'm developing the story bible or divide, something. Yeah, I'm developing the story. I'm developing the rules and regulations. Um, I'm watching other games that are similar to it and watching the mechanics and seeing why it makes that game so great. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and then I'm adding a twist and then see how that goes. But once I get, once I get all of the, all the knickknacks written and and taken in the, in the consideration, I'm going to, I'm going to approach to see if it can be created. Like right now I'm working on maps I think maps are highly important. Yeah. Yeah. Maps. What kind of games are you uh are you into as Mike Larry Draw? Oh, what kind of games I'm into? Okay, I can answer that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what kind of games are you watching? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no, I'm not gonna say um right now I've been watching I've been watching uh DB's uh DB fighters, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z fighters. Is that the new one that came out that's like crazy, like yeah. insane? Cool? Yeah, yeah. Um and then I I, I took it even further and I wanted to figure out who created it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm following the um, the creators, uh, the developers of that game and the style that it is created. Yeah. Um, I'm watching Mortal Kombat 11 right now. I'm fucking enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I am enjoying that so much. Nightwolf is coming out. Oh, 
I just seen the the trailer for Night Wolf. That was crazy. I want to see. I, wanna, I don't know. Yeah, that game. All right. I was about to run on tangent. Um, <laughs> I mean, games games just seem to be. Uh, you you watch Evo and it's just unreal. Oh, it's you unreal, know, yeah. you, you have shout out to Unreal. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Unreal. Um, but you have you have all these games. Like I'm I'm not as much of a gamer myself, but I'm I'm trying to. You know, the one game that I did play was like Super Smash Brothers. Right. And um. And that has become that now has completely regained life with Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Right. And it's you know the community is not necessarily a community that I would jump into head first, right. but it is so it's a cult following man. It, it is it is really crazy how you have two hundred thousand people watching the live stream of right. you know, all day all day. Saturday and Sunday, you have like thousands and thousands of people watching yeah, this man. game. You know, um, and how do you feel about that? Kind of community, this sort of because the, there's the gamer community, which I is a very love it. <laughs> I do? love it, bro. I seen it. All right, so this is one guy named Sonic Fox, right? Yeah, he's like one of the illest gamers out. Everyone knows his name. Yeah. Um, recently he won. I think he won Mortal Kombat, if I'm not mistaken. It was either yeah, it was Mortal Kombat, and he puts his hand in the air, right? Because he won, and they do this pan out. Where you get to see like how many people were there? Yeah. It was a fucking arena. I know. And yeah. my heart went, "Oh my god, this is the most epic yeah. thing ever!" Like this is an arena of two people playing <laughs> a video game, and that says numbers, right? That's numbers, bro. Like like that, and and like let's be real. I, I remember when I might be showing my age, but I, I remember when I used to go to the bodega, and they had Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat there, and the thing you would say to anybody. Shut up. Let's go play like Mortal Kombat. I'll fuck you up in yeah. Mortal Kombat right now. I'll fuck you up in Street Fighter. Like, shut up. You bring this shit. And you would go to different bodegas and play people and, and like Street Fighter. Who's the nicest in Street Fighter? Or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it and it grew now. Now it went from like the bodega to like the world. You right. know what I mean? Right. Which is great. And you can battle and fight and whatever you want to do in any game in the world, which is crazy. Right. You know what I mean? And, and it's a community. Like you said, it's community. It's connecting people. Um, it's bringing people together. And it's and it's shedding light on on other ways to like be competitive. Instead right. of like physics. You might not be a physical competitor. You might, you might not be superhuman in physics. But yeah. you, your brain could work. Your hands and your brain could work great. Right. And that makes you just as superhuman as anyone else. Yeah. I mean, do you do you think that there's a, a future in immersive media? I mean, I know that there's VR games that are being streamed and and tons and tons of people are watching them. But in your mind, does, does it make sense to have a sense of community uh, mixed with VR uh, yes. eventually? Hell yeah. I'm, the game that I'm working on is going to be VR. It's going to be VR immersive. Like, if you play it without VR, it'd be cool. I think, but the VR will be the experience that I'm actually looking for. Um, and ah, okay, I don't want to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, no, no. I don't want to talk about good. what I was going to say are, next. <laughs> I, let's just say when this thing comes out, it's going to be dope. dope. I believe it's going to be dope. Awesome. What other projects are you uh, working on right now? Um, I'm doing this project uh, where I'm producing uh, with Robert Glasper. Uh Wow. Uh, well, I gotta I gotta be more detailed with it because um, he's a he's nah, I can't really be too detailed in it. I'm I'm very secretive when it comes to certain things. I'm just I can just say I'm working with something with Robert Glasper, uh-huh. a project, um, and 
it's gonna be I, I want it to be an EP and I am doing my best to work all around work with it around the clock getting everything else out the way and just making space for that yeah um and I'm doing fe- I'm working on features now some important features to to set me from everyone else so again. you're gonna be um uh, you're gonna be featured on other people's Stuff or no, it's my other, project. I'm actually producing it, and you're gonna get other people to I'm gonna feature get, on it. Yeah, I'm cool. gonna be rapping and, and and I'm producing it, and um, I'm gonna have Rob hopefully co-produce. Cool. Um, but once like you know, once I got the base basics, I'm gonna send it to him, see what he thinks. Yeah, and if he needs to put any input or whatever the case, you know, whatever. How do you go about creating space? for yourself to just breathe and think about a specific project. I, I have trouble with this right now too. Is just sort of, you're doing so many things during the week. Your week is is all different types of things. And then you want to do one thing, you know, constructively. If you, if you look at like a Japanese mode of storytelling, which is if one mind creates the story and the art and the animation and, 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 and they create everything. I mean, right. literally from start to finish. And in America, I feel like we don't do that at all. We're like, okay, we, 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 if you're Hot Wheels or something, you're going to have one person make the storyline for the TV show. You're going to have one person make the cars. You're going to have, you know, the storylines based off of the toy, you know, these kinds of things. Um, I feel like you're somebody who, who's more on that kind of Japanese storytelling vibe where you're, you're, you're really the brains and the muscle behind a lot of the, art that you're putting out. Right. Uh, oh, there's a lot of parts to this. Okay, so to, to answer the first question, how I go about my daily schedule, um, the first thing I'm going to say before I even say about my daily schedule is sacrifice. You have you have to really sacrifice a lot of things you would normally do as a nine-to-fiver, and you have to destroy that and blood, sweat, and tears, everything. So like I rap, so I have to, f- my time of rapping is usually when I'm traveling. So if I'm on a train or something, I'm going to plug in and write whatever I'm writing mm. right then and there. When I wake up early in the morning, the first thing I do is look at my to-do list and tackle it that way. Every day is a to-do list. And I have about 20 things on it. So if I want to work on t-shirts, I put on some music that will inspire me. Probably beats to where I can work on a t-shirt and think at the same time. Which I wouldn't recommend anyone to do because you're supposed to focus only on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. However, I've been doing this for so long, I can think about 12 things in, yeah. in one, one sitting. So I would be designing, which oh, this is actually my day-to-day. I was designing uh, uh, my clothing for my next, um, for my fall winter uh, collection. So I'm doing that right now, mm-hmm. um, as well as thinking about how it's going to look on the website, thinking about mm-hmm. what it's going to look like when someone's wearing it, thinking about what's happening right now in the climate of art, looking at different graphics to see, make sure that it fits in the 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 realm of someone would buy this, but also stand like away from everyone else to be original. Mm-hmm. Um, colors is very important. Um, what, you know, what would the shirt fit with, uh, with sneakers? Like if someone's wearing white sneakers, will this fit? If someone's were planning to buy a specific type of sneaker for this, what sneaker would it be? What brand would it be? Um, as I'm designing these things, I do that for maybe about half of the day and then 
cut my day and do the other things that are on the list. So like write a verse, which is my the easiest thing ever. So it's not yeah. gonna take me too long. Um, you know, check my emails. Um practice for a show, which I got this Saturday. It's already sold out, so I'm not even going to mention it. But <laughs> um, practice for a show. Um, you know, practice my lyrics because even though I'm doing all these things, you still got to, you know, practice. Yeah. Make sure the brain still remembers. Yeah, and muscle memory in a way. Muscle memory. Um, right, because so much of what you're doing on when you're performing is just straight up muscle memory. You right. can't, it's just like a sport. You know, you have to go and, you know, if you're, trying to play, you know, the, I, for some reason golf comes to mind because it's just like, it's the same swing over and over and over, over and over, over again. again. It's muscle memory though, but yeah. it's, it's very therapeutic. Um, yeah. And then like set 15 minutes, 20 minutes to do nothing or an hour to do nothing. Um, sometimes it runs a little over, but I'm pretty much disciplined to the point to where even if I spend my 15 minutes, I tell myself, you wasted too much time. You got to go back. <laughs> Like literally, yeah, um, yeah, um, and then, yeah, just like my job is to be an artist, right? You know what I mean? Um, and I know there's a lot of people who are looking to be in that perspective of like, oh, I just want to be an artist twenty four seven, seven days a week. I just tell them, do it. Just be wary of if you're gonna have a job or not, or if you can sustain your your lifestyle. So I emerge myself in the arts. So like my projects right now is my clothing, um, my breadwinner, which would be the production, video production, which mm -hmm. is editing and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll take some time to do that. And then um, my music. So three things. Cool. Um, or some graphic design shit, like, you know. But uh, I, I separate them in three parts. So like one day I'll do all of it all day. The next day I'll do all of that all day. And then mm -hmm. the third. Um, and then mastermind shows. Right. So, but everything needs to be written out. Yep. If you if you just do it, not write it out, it's going to be chaos for you. Because you'll forget. Like, oh shit, I was supposed to do that. Yeah. It just has to be written out. You got to see it and then focus on it. And you use just like your phone to to just say, this is what my to-do list is? Or, or are you, are you do you have some other uh, means of uh, that you learned along the way? I, I have two. I have a phone to-do list and I have a written out to-do list. Cool. The written out to-do list is a, a list that I feel like I stay more stronger to mm -hmm. because I like to scratch things out. Yeah. When you can scratch it out, you have all more of the wild of a, um, what's the word? I, I'm satisfied when I can scratch something. It feels great to scratch something out and to say that you did it rather than erase it and forget that you actually accomplished that. Because mm -hmm. I can go back in my to-do list and be like, all the shit that I've accomplished because I've seen it scratched out. I'm like, oh shit, all right, cool. I am doing, I'm, I'm, I can gauge how much I've accomplished rather than erase. And then later on, if you get into a depressive state, you can't gauge on how much you've done because you've erased it all. Yeah. Um, if that answers your question. Absolutely. All right, cool. Mike, thank you so much for coming through and Thanks, talking man. with me on Immersive Talks. I really appreciate you uh, and all that you're doing, man. Best of luck. Thank you, man. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Bigfoot Music and Sound and Jump Into the Light. 
If you want to reach out to Bigfoot for commercial music and post-production needs, including podcasts, original music and sound, sound design, and much more, contact yo at bigfoote.com. If you're interested in developing your VR and AR content, contact hello at jumpintothelight.nyc.